Welcome back to Project Badass Podcast. This is Madison Reeves, your host and author of Project Badass, and I have a very exciting guest with us here today, Cora Carroll. She is the owner and designer of Mountain Maiden Company, so I'm, thank you for being here. I'm really excited to dive into it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, Cora, let's get started. I want to tell the audience about how we met each other, kind of your background, but to get into it, tell us a little bit about you and your business and what you stand for. Yeah, so um, I'm an artist. Um, I founded and am the designer behind Mountain Maiden Company, which is a jewelry business at the time or at the moment. Um, I have a degree in art. I kind of have always been doing art, like pretty much my whole life, um, which has slowly transitioned um, from photography to now jewelry. Um, and it's it's kind of like a. I feel like I'm always on to like the next business you know like the next artistic project um but yeah I'm local to the Black Hills um gosh I don't know what what do you want to know like I'm really open (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely so tell us a little bit about I know we you don't do photography so much anymore but tell us a little bit about um how that transitioned from photography which you primarily did weddings that's how we met right to doing now yeah, so um, I I originally grew up in eastern South Dakota, and I came out to the Spearfish area to go to school at Black Hill State. Um, and at the time, I, I do have a degree in photography, um, but I was actually kind of working in the wedding industry doing weddings um, just because it was really pretty easy income. Um, and it's funny, like, when I got to, when I went to school, Um, I really like didn't know like no one had ever told me like what college was or like what to expect from college Mm -hmm. Um, so I remember sitting down and I was like I don't really know what I want to major in and the woman was just like oh well what are you good at I'm like well I'm artistic and she was like okay well you'll just be an art major (laughs) and so yeah so it was really like I it's funny like I kind of got thrown into like maybe this realm in the like in the art world I mean I grew up in the art world but like it was really just kind of random like I didn't choose it it kind of like most businesses I feel like for myself they organically kind of came into being um but yeah so I was majoring in um art and then photography and I was doing to put myself through school I was doing weddings um here and there in the summertime just to kind of support myself um and I did that for about five years um and then it kind of got to the point well I feel like then the pandemic happened so there were like a whole bunch of things all at once that um kind of pushed me more towards like not doing weddings and moving into stuff that I was really passionate about or like could do from home or didn't have to rely so heavily on people booking me especially with like this weird crazy thing that happened to all of us you know I feel like there was I everyone who had a business I'm sure had like a little moment of panic with like how are you gonna pay your bills or whatever anyway so that was like a really big push to to kind of moving out of an industry where I really relied heavily on client outreach versus me reaching out to people Mm -hmm. does that make sense I don't know yeah yeah absolutely so and you're no longer doing photography now I don't. I will do it occasionally for like a few friends, <laughs> like here and there. Um, I think I have two weddings left in the season and then I'm 
pretty much done forever. So I'm kind of devastated about because that's how we met. Um, You were our preferred photographer, I guess, for lack of better words, for the wedding company for what, probably like three years? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think, um, gosh, I don't even know. How did we meet? I feel like, do you remember how we met? I, I really am trying to think about it. I feel like maybe you reached out. I think that, um, it was either me or Abaya, the director of operations that reached out to do like a styled shoot. Oh, and, right. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. But that was yeah. uh, like three years ago, which is crazy that I can't remember that, but it's been, a, it's been, no, a it's okay. Honestly, like all, I feel like weddings really blur together. Like they, every weekend doing one, which is another thing I think like that I got out of it because it was just like, it's very, I mean, you know, it's very like physically stressful, um, mentally stressful to be in charge of that kind of, you know, core memory for people like you know it's it's a lot of work so yeah no I um that three years that's crazy (laughs) so tell us a little bit more about um mountain maiden company then you said it designs jewelry and you said currently so does that mean you got something coming down the pipeline yeah so okay so basically um how it all kind of I'll do like the little backstory on it how it all came to be so um my work utilizes a lot of beadwork within metal frames um which are pretty inspired by landscapes or the natural world and um so I've been beading um traditionally beading most of my life um and actually when I was in South Africa um in 2019 I was in the wine country and we were going through these antique shops and I stumbled upon like in this antique shop, I was looking at like this jewelry case and there was like this antique piece of jewelry that had like, that was a metal frame component that had beadwork in it and it had created like this whole abstract design. And it was really weird because at the time I I had been like, it's weird how I feel like how things come to you in business when you're looking for them. I was kind of looking for like an out or something like a more creative outlet. And then it was like a light bulb moment when I saw that because I'd never seen anything like that. And so from there, it kind of um, morphed into doing um, pop-ups and doing the whole online thing to now I do an art show just about every weekend in the summertime um, all over the all over the country. And um, I guess my future plans for it um, are maybe to do, I I think there'll always be like an artistic aspect to it, but I'm hoping maybe to kind of do something that is a little bit more um, structural, I guess, where it's in a like a specific location um, and maybe do things that work towards like fair trade or ethical or sustainable clothing, um, products, stuff like that, and still have like the art aspect of it there. So, and have like a brick and mortar store. Yeah. Or like several brick and mortar store. I, I, I think I kind of want to build it more to like a, a well-known brand versus like a cute, you know, like your cute little local boutique. Um, but I'm like a, I'm a dream big person. So me too. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, perfect. So something that you mentioned earlier, um, that I thought would be interesting to talk about, uh, is you mentioned that you are the type of entrepreneur that likes to, you know, have your hands on a lot of different things, mm-hmm. multi-passionate, if you will. Um, and it's actually kind of funny that you brought it up because during season two of the podcast, 
Um, I'm doing an entire episode about multi-passionate entrepreneurs um, because I am one and I always have like the next crazy idea and it seems like you're very similar. Mm. So um, just as like a little segue before they get that full episode, what would you say that your best advice or piece of advice would be for those who are multi-passionate as an entrepreneur? Um, so I think, and I can say this cause I feel like I struggle, struggle with it in my own, in my own life and like in my own kind of work, crazy work schedule. But, um, I think the really important thing to do is if you, I like to call it, you have like work ADHD where you're like always like in everything, like you are like, once you have one thing, you're like, Oh, I'm bored with it. I want to try something else. I think that it's really important to like, at least get whatever first business, second business you're doing, get it up and get it really kind of successful and going on its own. Because I know that they say money doesn't buy you anything, but it does. If we want to really talk about it, it buys you security and, um, having a business that is, and like for my own self, like having a photo business at the time that was pretty successful, um, that was bringing in good income so that I could, you know, work on other businesses or fund other projects. That was like the biggest key. So I would say, make sure that you have at least like what, whatever business, whatever several businesses you're working on that you have at least one that is doing really well on its own so that you can fund all of the other things that you have interest in, basically. Absolutely. My business coach likes to call it your feeder line. So yeah. it like feeds money, you know, into obviously whatever it costs for to live, you know, your personal expenses, as well as if you're doing future investments into other businesses or investments in other ways as well. So, okay. Uh, tell me a little bit about the transition from photography to um, the Mountain Maiden Company, I think it'd be really interesting for people to understand like the steps and mindset th process you went through mm -hmm. from pretty much completely doing away with one company that you worked on for a lot of years to going into something different. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's funny. I feel like it kind of morphed into one company, like all my time and energy morphed into it. But um, so just like the network building with the photo aspect or the photo business was really important for the business that I have now on a local level. Um, I feel like I met a lot more people. I mean, you would know, like you meet a lot of people at weddings um, or in the wedding industry. And for myself, I think that that was so helpful in kind of pushing or marketing Mountain Maiden Company, just because I like, I, I you know, I'm not from here. I didn't grow up here. Um, I came here for college. <clears throat> and so to kind of not have to start completely from scratch when I started Mountain Maiden Company versus the photo company um, was really ideal. Um, I'm trying to think. I think that, I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like I'll tell anyone who has a photo degree that it is like one of the most useful degrees you can have. It really is. Um, I think about marketing, I think, and actually I think that's a really good way to transition. Um, so when I was doing wedding, wedding photography, one of my favorite parts of the day is always flat lay stuff. 
And if you're not familiar with flat lace stuff is, those are like detail shoes, um, wedding invitations, kind of stuff like that. And it's usually, it's like basically product photography in a way. Um, that's kind of how you go about it. And I was really good at flat lace stuff like that. Not saying I don't, I didn't love photographing the bride and groom, but I really loved like the control aspect of being able to photograph flat lay detail stuff. And when I got into doing um, jewelry and mountain maiden company, um, and really kind of building and making that successful. Um, a lot of my, um, I would say a lot of, uh, half of my income does come from the internet. Like it does come from Instagram and the photo aspect of that, or the marketing aspect of that is so important. And so I think the fact that I had all of these skills from photography and could apply them into having really good, photos and um Instagram grids I think that that really is what kind of pushed me over transitioned me over into doing the full-time mountain maiden company thing if that makes sense <clears throat> yeah absolutely no I think that makes a lot of sense kind of one thing aided into the other and that was brought up something that I thought about while you were kind of going through that discussion is you know, when I first started my business, the bridal project, it was really freaking hard because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, I had no previous experience. I didn't go to college for it or anything like that. But now after that's up and on the ground and running and it's successful and making money, it seems like every business afterwards has been that much easier for me. Is that something that you experienced as well? Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I think that it's kind of like um, once you have your first rodeo down, like it, it gets easier once you kind of know, like, um, I mean, it's all like all the little things in business that they don't tell you like taxes or like filing systems or all of the really like paperwork stuff. Once you have it done for one business, it's kind of pretty um, it, like universal for almost all other businesses. If you're like an entrepreneur, like singularly as I am myself, you know, I don't really have anyone that works for me. Um, I pretty much do everything myself. So yeah, I, I agree. I think that once you have one, you have them all. Yeah. It's like a pretty easy business plan to follow. <laughs> I do have that, you know, mental or written checklist of, you know, I'm ready to start a new business. These are the things that I need to do. And when you do it from the first time, you just don't know what you don't know. So mm -hmm. I, yeah, absolutely. And I think like each industry like has its own, you know, singular things that where you're going to, where you're going to hit like a, a bump and you're like, oh, I don't know how to do this. But I do think that when you're in businesses, I, the two businesses I have are really built on, um, customers. Um, I do think that they kind of like translate into themselves, um, like how to deal with people or how to be personable or how to deal with customer service things. Um, so kind of having, you know, and, and I feel like having, you know, like maybe dealing with a bride isn't the same as dealing with a customer who bought a pair of earrings, but the way I feel like, like having an understanding of how people think or, you know, um, how consumers think is, is kind of universal as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I know you do this as well, but I invest a lot of money into like continuing education, whether that's learning, mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, how to better yourself personal development wise or your business. And I think one of my favorite things about owning more than one business is that if I learn like this golden nugget of information, I 
own businesses over all different kinds of industries. Now I get to try out this nugget of information in all of these different businesses and see how the different industries react to them. And that for me, as I think you can relate to this, someone who gets kind of bored is really mm-hmm. able to like experiment and see how things work and how people respond to it. And, you know, all of those like super cool things that just keep being a business owner really fun and fresh and different every single day. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's kind of like a spider web. If you think about it, um, everything is interconnected. And as soon as you know that you're going to be good to go, like as soon as you know that whatever, and I, I think it's kind of interesting. I think most people who start businesses, like I have a theme, I feel like a lot of my businesses are like really art based. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if you have a theme, or, or you're starting businesses, you usually stick in kind of within that realm of whatever you're doing. And, and within that, I feel like there are so many similarities to them that it's really like just all one big business in the end. So, oh yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I recommend to like my coaching clients and stuff, if they're going to open up a new business, it's just got to contribute to the overall big picture. Mm -hmm. starting it to start it and it doesn't really doing anything for you then like why waste your time Mm -hmm. yeah totally awesome well let's transition into another question I know these are like the listeners favorite Uh, before we start to wrap it up here so what is one tactical business strategy or tip that you could give someone listening that they can implement into their business today hmm I mean, I guess I'm going to say this. My mom always says this to me, but you have to spend money to make money. And it's really just that simple. I know that when you're starting off businesses, um, there's always like the question or concern of spending money that maybe you don't have at the moment. I'm not telling people to go in debt, but I am saying that like when it comes to my businesses, there is not like I will spare no expense when it comes to them, because in the long run, I've always found it to be profitable. Like I, you know what I'm saying? Like spend money to make money and don't skimp that because people, especially when you, I feel like I really have businesses and industries based on vanity um, or based on looks and people can tell when you decide to skimp on things or when you decide, maybe they can't tell, like they can tell subconsciously. They're like something about this doesn't quite, you know, feel right or look right or something. And so I feel like that's the biggest piece of advice I could I could give someone, um, I could also say, (laughs) um, as far as people like, don't compare yourself to what others are doing. Um, or there like, shouldn't be a competition because in my opinion, the person who makes the most money is always the winner. Um, so if one person is getting more recognition than you or something like that, um, and I feel like that's in a lot of different, um, business, business models, whatever you're doing, um, I definitely would say that like, don't worry about what other people are doing because like the person who makes the most money is the winner at the end. So. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. So one question that I ask everybody, um, as we wrap it up here and kind of the reason that, um, I started the podcast is to talk about, uh, your, like your big why and what you're passionate about, what drives you all of these things. So 
would you mind part one of the question, what would you say your big why is? Like, do you mean for starting a business? Is that what, or like, or just yes. why I do what I do? Yep. Why you do what you do? What gets okay. you out of bed every morning? What pushes you forward? Um, this is going to be okay. Well, I legit hate nine to fives. Like I hate them. I can't do them. I hate going. I hate doing, I hate doing the like work five days a week, have two days off kind of thing. Um, and I know when you're an entrepreneur, you literally work a hundred percent of the time, but it's like, it's different because you work in your house. You know what I'm saying? Like, or you work, you like have an office, like it's not the same as showing up for a job and having someone tell you what to do. So I would say number one, like freedom is my number one. Why? Like the freedom to do whatever I want, whether that's go grocery shopping on a Tuesday morning or you know, like spend the rest of the, or, or just being able to pick like and move my schedule around for things. Like, I think that that is one of the biggest bonuses is, um, I, and I see it with a lot of my other friends who do work nine to fives and there's nothing wrong with that by any means, but I, like their schedules are also set. So like when, cause life happens, you know, things come up. I feel like that is such a privilege to be able to go, oh, hey, okay. So like I can move my schedule pretty organically around and not have to worry about, you know, somebody else's time or somebody else's job or stuff like that. So that would be my number one why. Awesome. So part two of this question would be through all of like the mundane stuff um, bookkeeping, taxes, even, you know, probably something as detail oriented and as attention focused, you have to be as making jewelry. How do you make sure that you stay true to that big why? Hmm. I don't even know if I have an answer for that. I, it's really ingrained in me, to be honest with you. Like, I don't, it's not even like a question that it's like, if that makes sense, like, I don't get up and go, okay, like I need to stay on task because it's like, a, I have to stay on task so that I don't have to go do these other things. Mm -hmm. And I think that it probably helps that I grew up in a really um, like entrepreneurial centered family where, you know, just about everyone is really like focused on their own businesses and they do make their own schedules. And so it's, I don't even, I wouldn't even say, I couldn't even really answer that question without saying that it's just like so apart, like ingrained in me that it's just like, don't have a choice to not do it, <laughs> to not, not want to build myself towards the why. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I like something that you said where, um, you know, you don't have a choice. And I think that's what really comes down to a good business owner is I always like to say when people are successful, it's because either one of one or of these or both, you're running towards something or you're running away from something. Mm -hmm. uh, and I see in a lot of cases, a lot of cases, it's both. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, mm -hmm. it sounds like you're running towards that freedom and you're running away from ever having to, to do the nine to five that like you dread so much. Cause like, girl, right. <laughs> right. No, a hundred percent. I would say definitely both. I would say it's weird. I think that, um, I just like lately became really goal oriented. Um, it, because before it was really just me, like not wanting to have to do this thing that I didn't want to have to do that the rest of the world does. And 
recently I've just been like, oh, I should have like some future goals so that I don't get really burnt out. And I think that that is a huge thing that happens to people who are entrepreneurs is people get burnt really fast. I mean, I got burnt in the wedding photo thing after five years. And I think it was because entrepreneurs are such go-getters that you're just like, yeah, I'll take on every wedding. I'll take it on like every single shoot that comes my way because it's my income, but also because I feel like, you know, I'm here, this is what I wanted. Let's do it. And I don't always know if that's like the healthiest thing. I'm like, I'm like contradicting myself. (laughs) Like, I don't know if it's like the healthiest thing, but I still do it, you know? Well, and that's something that we talk a lot about on this podcast is like, I, I'm guilty of it too. I will say yes to everything to a fault. Mm -hmm. Um, At some point you have to set boundaries if what you're saying yes to doesn't bring you closer to your big why. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, um, and I'm getting really, I'm getting better at that. (laughs) It took me, it took me five years of owning my own business to be like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I'm not going to live very long if I keep saying yes to everything. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for being here. I I feel like this was a great discussion. Hopefully it will help a lot of people. Where can everybody find you? Yeah. So I'm on my Instagram is like, I know we all hate it and we hate doing the whole, like, I'm also a marketer person or content creator person too, but I am mainly on Instagram and my handle is at Mountain Maiden Company. Um, and within that handle in my bio, you'll be able to reach my website, my personal account, stuff like that. Awesome. And I'll link that all below. And is that where they, uh, to your website is where they should go if they'd like to purchase jewelry from you? Yeah, honestly, I always say like, um, website is great. However, I sell more things on Instagram and I feel like Instagram sees everything that's new first versus the website. Website is like by popular demand. Um, Instagram is by kind of, you know, like singular things that come up that people can purchase right off. So. Okay. And do you do custom orders just random? Um, so um, this is me going to say, I should be saying yes, but I'm going to say no. Um, yeah, I, I used to do them and then it got to the point in time where it was like saying yes to everything. And I was like, yeah. I can't anymore. <laughs> right. Or you're just talking about setting boundaries. No, I love right. that. Yeah. I just ask. So awesome. Well, do you have anything you would like to share with the listeners before we sign off today? Oh gosh, I don't think so. I would say just keep, you know, keep following your dreams. Those are like, those are really like, and don't listen to anyone else don't listen to what anyone else says, because as long as you follow what you think you should be doing, you're going to be totally fine. Awesome. You're going to make it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you, Cora. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course.